This Knowledge at Wharton podcast was produced in conjunction with Ernst & Young's Private Equity Center. For more information, please visit www.ey.com slash private equity. When it comes to private equity, emerging and pioneer markets are beginning to shine. And it's not just the so-called BRIC countries, Brazil, Russia, India, and China. In that group, Brazil had a very strong year in 2012, while India and China fell back. But other areas from Africa to Latin America, so-called pioneer areas, put in good performances last year. Today, we're going to take a closer look at these markets and what's likely to happen to them in 2013 in a conversation with Philip Bass, who's the Global Private Equity Markets Leader at Ernst & Young, and Steve Samet, who's the Senior Fellow and Lecturer at Wharton. Thank you for joining the conversation today, gentlemen. There was a recent annual report put out by the Emerging Markets Private Equity Association. I think people look to that for stats every year pretty closely. It showed that emerging market funds received 20% of new capital committed in 2012, which is the highest percentage yet. Does this pretend a sea change in global equity, particularly since last year was not such a great year for India and China? That makes it even more impressive, I think. Philip, maybe you could start for us. Yeah, I think another stat is important is that uh, I think last year was the highest percentage invested in the emerging markets. And uh, so I think when we take a look at uh, not only today but the future, what we're really seeing is is a continuation of uh, higher GDP growth in the uh, let's call it the emerging markets, the frontier markets, the pioneer markets, uh, then really the mature markets. And that's a trend that uh, we we don't see changing. So we see private equity uh, continuing sort of to take advantage of the the market opportunities in these markets where there's higher GDP growth, where where there's the rising uh, uh, middle class, increased consumerism. And really, uh, we don't see that trend changing. If anything, we see uh, continued investment uh, in those markets uh, going forward. I, I agree, and um, the, the macro trends, despite uh, the big numbers making it look as if the economies are slowing down, doesn't seem to have that much of an effect. And the Emerging Market Private Equity Association, which those of us in the field affectionately refer to as MPIA, uh, that, uh, that, that data was very revealing. I. Uh, it, it is it is the case that across the board, uh, the two thousand the uh, new capital that founds its way into funds that manage uh, in emerging markets uh, uh, was up to where it is now a, a fifth of of all private equity went into emerging markets last year. Uh, the um, uh, that overall number, as it related to Brazil, China, and India, was actually down. But that is because 2011, in terms of capital into the industry, uh, was an explosive year in and of itself, at least since 2008. What that, what that did was it created an overhang of capital to be invested during 2012, so 2012, in those same countries, uh, particularly Brazil, uh, uh, saw uh, a veritable uh, a- a- a explosion of new investment into the country. But what is interesting, in my view, 
is that despite the fact that for the the uh, uh, at least the BRICS uh, less Russia, um, the amount of new capital flowing in was down. Overall, it was up. So, in order to uh, uh, answer the question as to why, you have to start looking at markets that, uh, in prior years, were not seeing much capitalization, and those those include countries now like uh, Colombia, Peru, uh, uh, Turkey, Indonesia, Vietnam, uh, places that were on no one's radar as recently as five to seven years ago. So that, um, in my view, that begins to indicate a sea change in the way people are thinking. Stephen, were there any other surprises in the MPEA data? Yes, uh, in, in, I, I, I believe there were. Um, uh, I think a particular note was the fact that uh, things did slip in China and India, and I'm still trying to sort out why. Uh, uh, I think part of it may have to do with perturbations in the Chinese uh, capital markets generally during that time period, uh, and that might have put a little bit of a chill uh, on uh, the uh, uh, the prospects. The The other thing, too, is... Chinese private equity is undergoing a transformation from dollar-denominated funds to where more and more of the capital, and it may well be a majority of the capital now, are in funds denominated in RMB. Uh, and uh, this, um, uh, this is not a trivial change because it means that there are different types of professional managers um, um, managing the capital and building the whole private equity process or rebuilding it. Uh, Philip, what would your comments on that be? Yeah, I think when you look at the data, the thing that jumps out is the $8.3 billion that was invested in the non-brick emerging markets. Uh, this really picks up on what Steve was talking about. Uh, historically, when we talked about private equity, uh, we talked about investing in the bricks. And uh, really what we're seeing now is uh, an expansion throughout Latin America, for example, into the Andean uh, markets, uh, Peru, Chile, uh, Colombia. Uh, Mexico picking up as well. We're looking at Africa all of a sudden on the radar. We're looking at uh, really the greater Asia Pacific. So, so it's not just China now. It's not just Brazil. We're seeing really increased uh, increased focus uh, uh, and opportunity for private equity in, in in you know the pioneer or the frontier markets. Uh, these developing countries that again have a, have a lot of similarities to, to the BRICS and that. Uh, you end up with a with a you know the GDP higher GDP GDP growth. You've got uh, the rising middle class, increased consumerism again. So a lot of the attributes that uh, are in the BRICS we're seeing really uh, roll out to, to many other countries in the different regions, and therefore providing a opportunity for private equity. I guess the other market I think that did jump out uh, Eastern Europe, and one of the things. Uh, when you take a look at the dollars, it raised, you know quite a bit of dollars are raised in Eastern Europe this year, 4.9 billion, and that's more than the last three years combined. So that's a, that's a region that's interesting for private equity, and uh, uh, you know I think we're going to see some increased interest uh, in the market going forward. Right, and we're even in, you know with respect to emerging Europe and Russia, we are seeing uh, so- somewhat of a resurgence in Russia, which has gone hot and cold. Um, since the fall of the Soviet Union, but uh, it's, it seems to be now back on the radar screen of uh, private equity funds. 
um, more so funds that set up shop and operate out of Russia, uh, 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 funds that have operated outside of Russia and attempted to invest in Russia. They've gotten cold feet, uh, which given the current Russian winter uh, <laughs> is um, probably not a very uh, apt image. But uh, uh there, you know, capital wants to flow to these places, and one of the interesting uh, things that MPIA produced in its report, um, which is downloadable by anybody from the MPIA website, uh, is uh, they did a chart on private equity penetration, uh, where they ranked against uh, uh, they ranked private equity investment uh, as uh, against uh, GDP. And the um, the uh, the predictable big three were Israel, the UK, and the US, which dwarf everyone else. But that's actually the good news or the interesting news because in combination with the growth of other economies and the room that exists for multiplying several fold the amount of, of capital uh, as a percent of GDP – that goes into private equity transactions, uh, there's an enormous capacity uh, for growth. Let me just ask one other thing. This might just be reinforcing what you're saying, but uh, it strikes me that um, these these pioneer frontier countries that you talk about doing well this year uh, did it in, in, in a world economy where the U.S., let's face it, was sort of lackluster. Europe was going down. Uh, GDP-wise, I think, uh, and and certainly they're, now they're predicting in 2013 that Europe is is not going to grow. It's going to be down 0.03 percent or some, something. Uh, Japan didn't have a great year for you know, all the reasons we know about. So these markets are they decoupling? Are they more self-sustaining? Uh, how is that working? That they're they're looking so good and they aren't dependent on these other regions so much for for their growth. That's a macroeconomic question that I'm I, I'm I'm not the best person to answer. Um, I I can give you my views on the function of private equity. They may differ from Phillips, so uh, I'd be interested in in hearing Phillips' view. But mine is that um, pr- private equity activity oftentimes is and has been decoupled from overall. Um, macroeconomics in a particular country. And if you think about what it is that private equity funds do, uh, it it actually makes sense because PE is largely about industrial uh, reallocation and industrial restructuring. Uh, And in many instances, although the capital markets might not be cooperative, uh, those, those are very fallow times uh, for actually making the investments. Uh, values might be better. Uh, uh, existing owners are more eager perhaps to restructure their businesses. Uh, so if you're doing control and buyout transactions, uh, which is not typical of most emerging market private equity, but it does happen, uh, the opportunities there are very are very strong. Similarly, if you're talking about growth equity and what that would refer to is making minority investments in, in uh, uh, entities controlled by other parties, um, uh, those companies still need capital for growth and there may be fewer sources available to them. 
So they are more interested in bringing in professionally managed capital uh, despite the con contested issues of governance and control than they might otherwise be when times are totally booming. So uh, th there is in some ways a, a contrarian nature to the whole private equity enterprise. But I, I don't know, Philip, if you see it the same way. So it's a, it's a bit fundamentally a bit counter-cyclical. Philip, what's your view? Yeah, I, I agree with Steve. I, th I think what we're seeing for the most part uh, in the emerging markets, it's really, it's, it's really about growth equity, and it's really around uh, taking minority stakes in entrepreneurial businesses and family-run businesses and really providing uh, the capital that they need to really get to the next level, not only the capital, but the, the governance and a lot of the expertise uh, that, that private equity can bring to take them from a $50 million business to a $200 million business. And uh, if you go back to one of the points that, uh, that Steve mentioned earlier, which is the, 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 the uh, PE penetration ratio in a lot of the uh, markets, uh, the emerging markets uh, being so low and the opportunity for, uh, for increased investment, well, what really uh, one of the things that, uh, that's out there in the emerging markets is there really is an absence of, uh, of debt financing in many cases. And if you go look at venture capital, venture capital in many cases uh, is is quite low in those markets. So you really end up with a with a void, a capital, a debt and a debt and capital void in many of the markets. And what you see is private equity stepping in and providing that capital, uh, and then ultimately helping them uh, get leverage and debt uh, using the using the connections that that private equity has and and uh, in the market. So. So all in all, I think uh, I agree with Steve. I think uh, in many of these markets, these are businesses that are really uh, taking advantage of the local economy. They're not really relying upon the global economy, and uh, a lot of that, uh, and and therefore that that's, they've been driving a lot of growth. Um, let's turn now, if we could. I want to get your views. Maybe each of you uh, take a turn at drawing uh, a broad picture about what's happening in Africa. And Latin America. Well, if we start with Latin America again, I mean, Brazil had a tough year. GDP growth slowed, uh, but at the same time, again, we think uh, G, you know, if you take a look at GDP, it, it's expected to pick up in uh, in 13, and again, it's it's still higher than uh, uh, than uh, than many of the mature markets, including the U.S. and obviously uh, Europe. So, so we think Brazil, the fundamentals are there for uh, continued growth, obviously. A huge population, and again, a lot of the attributes that I've mentioned before. So we so we really see Brazil continuing to grow from a private equity standpoint. Uh, uh, it's an active private equity market, plenty of private equity, uh, a lot of competition. But at the same time, uh, we think that there's enough uh, opportunity out there for uh, even with increased prices for private equity to uh, to really uh, drive value creation and and really uh, increase the value of some of these businesses in the market. Uh, uh, well, we are seeing uh, so Brazil. So Brazil is going to continue to be a focus, a big focus for private equity. We're seeing growth in the Andean region, Colombia really being the uh, uh, the center of that. And uh, we think, look at Colombia; it's got a lot of the same fundamentals. Uh, uh, and uh, we look at Colombia as, as, a, as a place where private equity is going to place a lot of focus. And in turn, uh, Chile and Peru are attractive as well. I think Mexico has picked up. Uh, 
within the you know over the last six months, and then again, it's a big market that we see uh, playing it. So, so when we look at Latin America as a whole, we think that that's going to be a place that private equity invests uh, quite a bit, um, and we really see the market as a whole picking up really with the focus on uh, I would say those five countries. I I, I agree with uh, Philip's assessment uh, across the board. Um, I could put a finer point on Brazil, uh, and um, one of the th- one of the investment themes appears to be, although quite frankly, documenting it is another thing, is that infrastructure opportunities, especially related um, uh, to healthcare and education, on the one hand, and the impending World Cup and Olympics on the other. Uh, 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 there's a lot of press that this is driving a lot of interest in PE. That may or may not be the case, but it is certainly true that what Brazil is enjoying in private equity is is significant diversity in the kinds of investments and categories and sectors uh, under which in, in which investment is 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 being made. Uh, so they've um, the combination of the capital overhang that I mentioned earlier, that is to say, the excess of, of, of invested or committed capital during 2011 and how that showed up in 2012 in actual transactions, uh, I think that was fueled in part by the, the, the huge diversity uh, uh, that the investors could enjoy. Uh, and that, that diversity to some extent, softens the pricing pressure, which is an issue. Uh, all of the Brazilian PE funds that I've spoken with uh, do, do bemoan the fact that prices have, have gone up. Uh, but they are investing across many uh, a wider spectrum of, of opportunities. Um, uh, so financial services, telecommunications, uh, as I mentioned, healthcare, education, uh, 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 these are these are all getting substantial inputs of capital. Philip, let's turn to Africa. Could you offer your views there, please? Well, I think private equity firms are increasingly interested in Africa. Uh, again, uh, you've got a, a lot of the same fu- you know fundamentals that we've talked about before: positive uh, demographic trends uh, and improved governance and business environments. Uh, when you take a look, inter- you know, at, at the at the country, some African countries rank ahead of other emerging markets in ease of doing business, and uh, Sub-Saharan Africa has posted uh, uh, remarkably resilient growth in the face of the, of the global economic uncertainty. So, so we think that uh, the trends are going in the right direction for Africa. Uh, private equity investment in Africa was around 1.2 billion in 2012, uh, and while down from a high in 2008, we do see this. Uh, uh, as a market that's going to continue to grow uh, over time. I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, lots of interesting surprises in Africa, and the um, and many of the countries are, are, are you know you would still categorize as frontier markets, uh, and yet they are enjoying an influx of private equity. Now, to some extent, I, I think it's worth mentioning that a lot of the credit for what's going on in Africa should go to the International Finance Corporation, which is the private sector of the World Bank. Uh, Long before um, any other organization was putting money at risk uh, in this category, they were. 
and they got behind uh, some extraordinarily well-managed uh, funds uh, that entered in the high-risk phase. So Emerging Capital Partners, ECP, for example, Zephyr, Helios, um, uh, just to name a few, um, uh, really paved the way, did a great job in instructing governments as to what needed to be done. Um, and the environment, almost from out of nowhere, has transformed into a, a fairly, I wouldn't go so far as to say congenial, uh, but uh, uh, effective place uh, to do business. And when you look at the emerging middle classes in comp- countries like Tanzania, um, uh, Ghana, uh, Kenya, uh, um, uh, certainly um, in, in South Africa and Nigeria, uh, the opportunities for investments in financial services, telecommunications, again, education, and even we're even seeing healthcare. Uh, these abound, and uh, I think there's a very, very bright future there. Um, one last question. Um, we've certainly covered it in general, but let me just uh, put a little bit of a finer beat on it. Uh, how quickly do you see emerging and frontier markets developing over the next five years? Maybe you could put a percentage rate of growth on that. Obviously, ups and downs yeah. <laughs> along the way, but but on you know on average, five to seven years from now. If the, if the current trend towards capital flowing into private uh, equity in these markets continues, as a percentage of total private equity five years from now, we may be somewhere in the range of 25 to 30% of all of private equity being in these markets, and it could be even higher. That's up from 20 today. That's that up right? from 20 today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, there probably will be a few more countries that um, are the beneficiaries of this activity that are not right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, that's, that's how I see it. So I'm, I'm, I'm fairly bullish. Philip, how would, you, how would you characterize this? Yeah, I would agree with uh, Steve. And again, it's a lot of countries that we talk about uh, Again, uh, greater Latin America, greater Asia, Pacific, uh, Africa, they're, they're going to be the country, Eastern Europe. Uh, again, these are going to be the markets that we see that are going to take it uh, from that 20 to 30 percent. So, so we think uh, that, that a lot of the market conditions in those countries are, uh, are pretty stable and, uh, and really ripe for uh, continued investment uh, at the pace that they've been over the last uh, 12 to 24 months. And if anything, will grow uh, All right. Well, thank you both for helping us learn more about this. Uh, We've been speaking with Philip Bass from Ernst & Young and Wharton lecturer Stephen Samet. Watch for our podcast next quarter. Meanwhile, you can access past podcasts plus additional insights into private equity at our private equity website. The address there is kw.wharton.upenn.edu slash private equity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.